increasing wean age up to a certain point definitely has value for a large percentage of the industry, but it's a topic where you really have to look at your own economics, your own scenario, and determine, is this right for me? Welcome to Inside the Helix, a podcast presentation from DNA Genetics. Throughout this series, we focus on all things that matter to the pork industry. You'll hear from our award-winning team of geneticists, veterinarians, animal care providers, nutritionists, and other industry-leading experts. We'll explore pig production from genetic improvement all the way to meat quality. Listen along as we take a deep dive inside the DNA Helix. Determining the right wean age for a farm is a question that's been asked numerous times within the pork industry. And today we're gonna to answer that question with Brady McNeil. Brady is with DNA Genetics Technical Services team and is the company's multiplication business leader. Brady, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Curtis, happy to be here. Brady, before we begin, I've talked to you some about your life off the air, and it seems that pigs have been part of your life from the very start. Were you raised on a pig farm or where did this interest in the swine industry come from? Yeah, uh, so grew up in eastern Iowa on a diversified livestock operation. So my dad had farrow to finish pigs. I actually started off with them uh, farrowing out in the pasture, moved them inside. Uh, and then we had a Cargill open front finishing floor. Until I was about 12 or 13, uh, my dad exited the pork business. But my passion for the swine industry, I guess you could say, was hooked. And uh, I started working with show pigs and showing pigs. And that was kind of my, my gateway into the commercial swine industry. So kind of took that passion, led me to Iowa State. Uh, did an undergrad and graduate degree there and uh, ended up at DNA Genetics here about eight years ago. Now, when you said you did the show pigs, was that in 4-H and FFA? Yeah, so it was active in the, the 4-H and FFA side of things, as well as the National Junior Swine Association. Uh, but within FFA, I uh, was state FFA officer, was very involved in that uh, organization. And I think that also kind of helped lead me into that, that Iowa State, as well as genetics at DNA Swine Genetics. So when you went to college then, did you know that in your future you wanted to do something within the swine industry? Yeah. So when I when I went to school there at Iowa State, I knew, hey, I wanted to go to graduate school in swine. Uh, I didn't know if it was reproductive physiology, nutrition. Uh, There's this little thing called chemistry that I realized <laughs> uh, I might not be the best at. And so the nice thing about genetics is it's a lot of numbers, statistics, and I kind of ended up going down that path and, and definitely fell in love with it. The other part of it was a little bit of the animal welfare side of things. That issue was really coming to the forefront while I was in undergrad. And so my, my graduate degree was on feet and leg soundness. I was able to take my background with livestock judging and show pigs and combine it with genetics for my master's thesis there. Yeah, going back just a bit, I mean, I think it was chemistry, but it was also the numbers and the math that led me to agricultural journalism instead of anything else rather than that. Um, so you, you mentioned you were a state FFA officer in college. How do you really think that this experience has impacted your career? Because I mean, I've, I've known several FFA officers throughout the years and, and it seems to almost be a, a certain breed, you know, of, of personalities and, and passion and drive. How do you think that's impacted your career? Yeah. So it's one of those things where as a state FFA officer, you're going out and you're talking to youth across the state and across the country, and you have no idea what their background is. And so you just have to pick up and start that conversation. Hey, you know, how's it going? What, what, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, that's the exact same thing that we do in technical services. When we go to visit somebody's farm, first thing we got to know is 
hey, tell us a little bit about your farm and then what are the issues and then what can we do to go ahead and work through those issues to find a solution? And so I think that communication piece from the FFA, from that state FA officer side has really paid dividends now in my future career. Yeah. And you said you've been with DNA Genetics now for how many years? For eight years. For eight years. So let's pivot to the topic at hand today of wean age. Why is wean age an important topic for producers? Yeah. So first off, wean age is something that every producer is affected by. So whether you are a sow farm, you have a certain wean age that your farm weans at. If you're buying SEWs, you're buying wean pigs that have a certain wean age. And so it, it definitely affects everybody in the industry. I do want to just take a step back and, and preface right now, obviously economic times in the swine industry aren't the greatest. Right. And so one of the ways to increase your wean age is to make an investment in additional farrowing crates. That might not be the best option for everybody today. This is a topic that will apply for the next five, 10 years as we look at ways to make your farm more efficient and more profitable. And so while some of these options might not make sense today, there are parts of them that maybe, hey, we're looking at going to Prop 12 will definitely come into play. And so did want to just kind of set the stage with that. Hey, we're not saying go out and spend a bunch of money in these current economic times. The other reason that it's of interest is Prop 12 just was officially upheld by the Supreme Court. And so if you're going to do a Prop 12 conversion, you're going to lose gestation space. So you're going to lose a uh, number of sows that you can have in that sow farm unless you do some sort of a major retrofit or renovation and increase the footprint of your farm. And so if you're going to reduce your inventory, you have the ability to go ahead and add wean age to your farm. And so in that conversion, wean age is definitely something to think about. The other thing that I think is really interesting as a genetics background is if we look at the research going through the, the academic institutions today versus 15, 20 years ago, those pigs that are weaned that first week of life post weaning are going to be eating less feed today than they were 15 years ago. And so those pigs 15 years ago hit the ground running faster than what they do today. Now, could be different reasons for this. We have breed effects. So Duroc versus Piatrin has different responses to weaning. The other thing is, as genetic companies have selected for that lean growth or that growth at the, the back end of that growth cycle, so that up to 300, 310 pounds, we're, we're moving that growth curve so that wean pig is a little bit more immature compared to what it might have been 15 years ago. And so that also could come into play uh, with this wean age topic. And it might be some of the reasons why everybody's going to that older wean age today. Brady, I've been with DNA genetics a lot less of a length of time than you've been here. But in my time here, I've learned about DNA's vast portfolio of research projects. What research has DNA genetics done on this specific topic? Yeah, so that's one of the great things about our company is one, we'll partner with other institutions to do third-party research. So we have partnered with Pipestone uh, to do wean age type of trials. So we've looked at higher health scenarios. We've looked at ABF type of scenarios some average health type of scenarios. And that really kind of paints a good research perspective. But the really cool thing is we have individual data on 8,000 sows worth of purebred offspring where we have birth weights, we have weaning weights, we have foster weights. So we know everything about these pigs that are going through our nucleus system. That data will also allows us to look at wean age. And so we have some data and what's really cool in our nucleus system is each breed responds to wean age differently. So if you look at our Yorkshire, a 12 pound pig that's 19 days of age versus a 12 pound pig that's 23 days of age, they have the exact same average daily gain in the nursery. But if you look at that Duroc pig, 
there's a large discrepancy on the value of wean age. And so a nine pound pig that's 23 days of age is actually going to have higher average daily gains in the nursery compared to a 10 pound pig at 21 days of age. And so even within our nucleus system, we have three lines. We have the Duroc, the York, and the Landrace. We see a large difference in the response to wean age from each of those breeds. And then the third part or the third piece of this puzzle that I feel is really the strength of DNA genetics is our tie to the commercial production system. And so we were able to take the initial data that we learned from the, the Pipestone research system from our nucleus system and apply it to our commercial production. And so we went ahead and added roughly three days of wean age to farms where we had the permitting and ability to do so. And we'll talk about some of those responses that we saw later on, but uh, definitely was a, a unique experience to be able to see, hey, commercial third-party research, nucleus production data, as well as commercial production data. Yeah, absolutely. Brady, looking at the industry then as a whole, where are we in terms of wean age and roughly where are we going? Yeah, so it's really interesting as we look at, you know, if you go to the pig champ summaries and, and benchmarking you know, back to 2005, we were only weaning at an average of 18.5 days of age. Whereas the most recent one here for 2020, uh, the most recent one here for 2022, they were sitting right at a 20.9 day of age wean age. And so that's really coming from all the new farms that are being built today are averaging in that 23 to 25 day window. And so those new farms are really bringing up that average. And then some of those old farms are either discontinuing, going out of business, or they're renovating or being forced to do renovations with some of these Prop 12 or Group Sow housing type of conversions that are causing them to have that older wean age. Yeah, talk about that a little bit further, because as we look at that, that 18 and a half in 2005 to now at that, that 23 to 25 days, why are these wean ages going up? One of the largest advantages to having an older wean age is you have fewer small pigs. And those small pigs are typically where those producers that are buying SEWs or finishing out those pigs have issues. And so if we're able to you know, move that that wean age up. And so we can get an average of a 13-pound pig versus a 12-pound pig. We can reduce the percentage of pigs that are below eight pounds from a 5% rate to below a 3% rate. And so not a huge difference, but in the grand scheme of things, that 2% change could be directly contributed to some of your mortality, some of your calls that you see within that system. And so whatever we can do to make the quality of the pig going out the door will pay dividends on the back end. This also comes into play with, it's an easier to start pig. And so we know that labor is not getting easier to come by. Labor is more and more of a challenge. And so whatever we can do to make this pig more bulletproof. So by going to an older wean age, we can put that pig into a, a wean to finish barn or a nursery. And maybe we don't have to put as much time and effort into it as what we, we would have with a younger wean age. The, the unique thing is, as we've moved to this older age, a lot of our nutrition diets are set up based on the weight of those pigs. What we've seen is, as we went to that older wean age, we still need to feed that first diet the same as what we would previously, but we can start to shorten that second diet up. So we can save a little bit of money um, in that early nutrition or early nursery phase um, from a nutrition perspective. Then as we move through the, the major driver of economics is really that mortality piece. Right, right. So anytime that we can reduce mortality, we can see a major return on our, on our investment. And so we've had research trials where we've seen upwards of half a percent reduction in wean to finish mortality per day of wean age. Now, I said we made that change commercially. And as we just look at our nursery farms, our, our nursery barns that typically would run in that two to two and a half percent range, each day of wean age that we added, 
we did see a little over a tenth of percent decrease in mortality uh, based on that. Now, if you have a nursery system that might be running more like four or five percent, that advantage of wean age could be even greater. So I think it's a little bit of a, a depends on your specific scenario and what your current mortality is. And then the last piece is, well, if they're coming out of the sow farm larger, they're healthier, then you should see an advantage in average daily gain. And so from the research trials, we're looking at anywhere from a hundredth to five hundredths of an advantage in average daily gain wean to finish. Commercially, when we looked at it, just in the nursery phase, we saw around two hundredths of an advantage uh, in an average daily gain. So small number, but when you start adding that up over a lot of pigs, it's not going to pay off the advantage or the cost of adding wean age, but it definitely won't hurt you from that perspective. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So Brady, now let's look at the potential impacts to the South farm. Is there anything in that, that regard that we need to consider? Yeah. And that's where the biggest pushback typically lies. The, the wean to finish producers, they say, Hey, we want an older pig. We want that pig that starts easier. The problem is the sow farm says that's going to cost us money. And that's true. However, a lot of times I say it's going to reduce the number of pigs out the door. It's going to be reduce our pigs per sow per year. What we've seen is we don't see that reduction in pigs per sow per year because we see an advantage in some of the traits that go into it. So we do see that lowering of litters per sow per year like we would expect because those sows are lactating for longer. So we don't get as many turns through that sow farm. But for each additional day of wean age, we'll pick up a tenth of a pig total born. And as we've looked at kind of a meta-analysis of our sow farms within the SMS system, we actually saw each day of wean age, we saw a half a percent increase in farrow rate as well. Uh, and so those are the types of things that then can come into weaning a higher number per litter, and it can offset that decrease in litters per sow per year. The other really cool thing is it's helped out the lactation intake of some of these farms. And so if you think about it, early on in a lactation phase, those sows aren't eating as much feed as they are at 20, 21, 22 days of age. At that point in time, some of those sows are pushing 20 pounds per day. And so by, by increasing the amount of days we have of those sows really maxing out their consumption, we can put them into a positive energy state. And so each day of wean age, we can increase the overall average consumption by seven tenths of a pound. And what we found in additional research outside of the specific wean age research is anytime we can get a sow above 14 pounds of average daily intake, she goes from a negative energy state to a positive energy state. And that's where we can see that large bump in subsequent total born. Uh, and that's where we can really see those advantages. You don't have those thin sows coming out of farrowing that don't cycle back correctly. They're going to have a long weaned estrus interval. And those are the ones that really start to cost you. The other thing is, as we start talking about weaned estrus interval, as we made that switch within our commercial system, we did have a higher percentage of females that hit that three to five day weaned estrus range. Those are the females that are going to be your most productive ones in a sow farm. And so specifically within those P1 returns where typically your, your first parity sows coming out of farrowing have a harder time returning in that day three to five window, we saw a 5% increase in those females hitting that target range. And that's what's really going to push that throughput through the farm uh, because they're, they're in the positive energy state, they're in good body condition, they're going to have a, release a lot of eggs, which will get fertilized into embryos, so then we can have a higher total born on the backside. Uh, now, there are some thoughts and there are some costs that go into this. It's not all sunshine and roses. <laughs> there, there are some costs, and that's you know one of the things that comes into place with any of this. If, it, if there's no cost, everybody would be There's doing always it. costs, yeah. yeah. And so if we kind of look at, hey, if we are a 2,500 head sow farm, 
how many crates are we going to need to add to add some wean age? If we're going to want to add four days of wean age to that sow farm, it's going, we're going to have to put in 60 farrowing crates. So there's a large cost associated with it. However, the other option is reducing inventory. Now, nobody wants to reduce inventory because we have a large capital cost associated with that sow farm. But as we look at that conversion to Prop 12, conversion to group housing, some of those will see 20% reduction in inventory or even higher. And so a 20% reduction in inventory, we can actually pick up four days of wean age. And so if you are a farm that's thinking about going to Prop 12, if you're at a 20, 21 day wean age, this could be something that'll get you up to that 24, 25 day target. And you won't be able to recoup all the costs of that conversion, but at least it's not going to hurt you. Now, the one caveat that I did want to add, we've talked about, hey, going older, going older, going older. Once you go above that 25 day threshold, some of those advantages start to be reduced. So we talked about, hey, a tenth of a, a pig total born for each day of wean age. Once you get above 25, that probably gets cut in half to around half a tenth total born. The other thing is we've seen it's a lot easier for sows to get triggered into cycling in the crates or cycling coming right out of farrowing. So they're cycling on day zero or one. This has caused any sort of a uh, stress event. So if a, a couple pigs die in that litter, you have a flu come through, those, those litters go off feed that sow is getting primed and ready to go to start cycling back. And so any sort of a stress event will cause that sow to cycle. And we've actually had a, a herd where the people in gestation, the team members in gestation, anytime they would enter that farrowing room, they had to change their coveralls because the, the boar pheromones that were on their coveralls were actually triggering some of those sows to cycle. Mm. And that was a farm that was going 26, 27 days of age, wean age. And so you do have a couple things to be cognizant of if you want to start pushing the envelope over that 25 days of age. But if you're sitting at 20 and you have the ability to pick up three to four days, there definitely are some advantages from that. So one of the things I think is interesting about the the pork industry, you know, the swine industry, it's, it's, it's a small industry. It's a fairly consolidated industry, but no two operations, I think, are the same. You know, they're different in regards to scope, age, facilities, all those kinds of things. Which producers really should add wean age? Yeah, so we talked about that older wean age really helps out those wean to finish producers. And so if you are a farrow to finish producer, adding wean age is something that can really drive the, the profitability of your bottom line. And so we've seen that those farrow to finish producers can see a payback as soon as two years from that investment in additional wean age. Now, if you are selling wean pigs, it gets a lot more challenging to go ahead and recoup that cost. It all depends on what is your wean weight slide? Are you getting 50 cents a pound? Or are you getting a dollar a pound? If you're getting around a dollar a pound, then all of a sudden it makes sense. Hey, let's go ahead and add some wean age to capture that additional value. If you're not getting anything additional for that wean age or that wean weight, then there's really no value to you to add wean age. The other thing to think about is what is your minimum weight for your contract? And so it, by adding wean age, are you able to move that bottom end of your pigs up and have a higher percent hit that bottom threshold? And so now all of a sudden you can go from, you know, 95% of your pigs potentially being marketed as full value as a wean pig to 98, 99% and having fewer percentage rejected, fewer percentage, you know, only getting paid a, a partial amount on because they're not hitting some of those thresholds. And especially today with market costs as they are, a lot of those wean to finish producers are being extra challenging on those pigs that they're purchasing because of the, the economic times. And so anything we can do to increase the quality of those pigs will increase the relationship 
and the, the potential long-term contractual relationship that you would have with those wean pig buyers, uh, having that more premium type of product uh, to stamp your name and say, hey, we have a product that people want to buy. That's something else that you know could definitely come into play. Now, if you're thinking about making the change, if you're thinking about this topic and you want to go through the numbers, feel free, reach out to a DNA representative, reach out to myself. We'll be happy to go through all of the economics and kind of talk through, hey, here are the pros, here are the cons, here are what you have to think about, and will it make sense for your operation? Yeah, Brady, let's play a little game now of would you rather. Would you rather wean an older, lighter pig, or would you rather wean a younger, heavier pig? This is a great question, and it's one that, you know, you do farm walkthroughs, you you talk with producers, and there's always this argument. There's always this discussion on, hey, what is the best pig for my my operation? You know, what, what pig should we be targeting? And it also comes into play with, there are SEW producers out there that have to hit a certain minimum weight. And so they'll take a heavier pig that's younger, put it on the truck, because that's what the contract says they need to sell. However, if we look at the data, if we're selling a younger pig, even if it is heavy enough, that might not be as higher quality. It might be those pigs that hit the nursery and they don't take off on feed. They fall out, even though they look like a healthy pig, their gut is just not mature enough to handle that weaning stress. And so we'd be better off by taking just a touch lighter weight pig that's older and weaning that one. However, these contracts are not set up and it's very hard to measure age when you're purchasing wean pigs. And so fair to finish producers, it's a lot easier to say, hey, we're not going to wean anything below 20 days of age. And then just everything that's over 20 days, you can go ahead and wean. If it is a little bit light, hey, at least it's over 20 days. It's when you have to hit a certain minimum weight. Then all of a sudden you can say, I'm going to take these 17-day-old litters. They're heavy enough. I'm going to wean them, put them on the truck. And then those are the ones that we can end up getting in trouble with. And so just something to kind of think about as you're buying wean pigs or as you're selling them or as you're a total ferret finished producer. So Brady, as we wrap up then today, what what's your key takeaway or that one point that you really want producers to, to keep in mind related to the subject of wean age today? Increasing wean age up to a certain point definitely has value for a large percentage of the industry, but it's a topic where you really have to look at your own economics, your own scenario, and determine, is this right for me? Because it's not necessarily right for everybody, but it's an option that could increase your potential profitability. Brady, earlier we talked about your lifelong interest within the swine industry, and you've been with DNA Genetics now for for eight years. What really keeps you passionate? I know there's a lot of ups and downs in the industry. You know, we talked about right now we're kind of experiencing some difficult economic times, but what, what keeps you coming back day after day and just keeping that drive alive? Yeah, so like I said, grew up on a family farm, and that's one of the really cool things about the opportunity to be in tech service, be in multiplication. We get to work with family farmers each and every day. And so the people we work with put their blood, sweat, and tears into their operation. And so when you go there to provide assistance, when you go there to help them provide input, they want to improve. They want to put in the extra work because at the end of the day, that's what's going to help put their kids through college. That's what's going to keep them in this business that they love as well. And that's what's so cool about the ag industry is everybody really coming together, trying to find the answers to problems and then putting them into place so that everybody can be successful. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today, Brady. Thank you, Curtis. Had a great time. Once again, that's Brady McNeil, DNA Genetics Technical Services Team and the company's multiplication business leader. For Inside the Helix, I'm Curtis Holmes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Helix, presented by DNA Genetics. 
Inside the Helix is released every other Tuesday and is focused on what matters to the swine industry. To catch up on previous episodes, visit us online at dnaswinegenetics.com or find us at your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can also keep up with DNA Genetics throughout the year by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For Inside the Helix, I'm Curtis Harms. Thank you.